Hi, and welcome to an episode of the JetRails podcast. I'm Robert Rand, your host. And today we're going to be talking all about PCI compliance. A very fun topic, very energetic. <laughs> we're going to be uh, touching base, especially around the end of life of Magenta One, around what PCI compliance is, what it means, how it's uh, how it impacts merchants normally and, and how it's going to uh, potentially impact merchants um, after June of 2020 as Magento 1 uh, reaches its end of life with so many thousands upon thousands of Magento 1 sites still live. I'm joined by uh, Joe from the Best Worlds team. And uh, Joe, well, with no further ado, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself. Sure. I'm Joe Rollinson. I'm the CEO of Best Worlds. We've been working with Magento since 2009. And um, yeah, this, this PCI compliance question has come up so many times with our Magento One merchants. We still have some Magento One people who um, are facing this decision. So we think there's a lot of important information to get out to the community on this. And um, we're, we're helping merchants both um, make their way to other platforms as well as Magento Two, and also try to figure out if there's a way that they can um, continue to do business and give themselves some breathing room as we approach uh, the end of life of Magento One here at the end of June 2020. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite questions for guests, uh, whenever there's a company that has an interesting name, I have to ask how Best Worlds got its name. How did that come about? Yeah, thanks for asking because I get that question quite a bit. Uh, best Worlds is a nod to our passion for optimization and the search for the best um, you know, alternatives among many, um, You know, the best of both worlds, the, bo- the best of many worlds. So um, yeah, we're constantly um, you know on the lookout for better ways of doing things, and our name is kind of uh, you know shows that. Awesome. All right. So it wasn't just that you were at some shopping plaza with like Best Buy and World of Beer and just <laughs> you know a couple of beers. Late. No, all right. This, this is an actual story. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, on the podcast, we have been talking about Magento One End of Life since pretty much the podcast started. Uh, so o- over a year of this topic uh, coming up. And recently, we even you know had on a guest from Mage One talking about security patches. Very interesting to t- for today to be able to talk about PCI compliance more directly and specifically. I know that a lot of agencies, they're putting out a lot of content around Magento One End of Life that's targeting users getting to Magento 2. What drove you and your team to focus more on on helping merchants uh, that won't be migrated before Magento One End of Life? Um, so not that you're not working Magento Two, but you know you seem to be uh, out there to to help some of these uh, these stragglers on M1 a little bit more directly. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we were getting our merchant partners. Um, you know, it's one thing to say, are you going to be compliant? Are you not? Um, are you going to be safe? Are you not? But the question was coming up, well, what's actually going to happen to us if we don't get it done? Like I'd say, you really should do this. You need to pay attention to this. And they'd say, you know, I'd have CEOs or, you know, agency or e-commerce store owners say, okay, but so what? Like what? what's going to happen to me if I don't? And what I realized is a lot of the, the kind of the thoughts that are out there in the community are really kind of opinions, um, but the real people that we needed to ask were uh, people more closely connected to the PCI Council themselves. You know, the payment card industry got together and said, "Hey, we're taking all this risk. Um, let's come up with some guidelines so that if people aren't 
aren't being safe, we can hold them accountable and push the liability down to them, including payment processors and then ultimately merchants. So what the question really comes down to is, you know, what's going to happen to me come July? Um, that question involves the, the idea of what's going to happen to your compliance status, which if anyone has been doing e-commerce for a while knows that's such a gray area anyway. But in this particular situation, the question comes down to what might happen to you? And there's a couple scenarios we can go through. But the real question is, um, can I be compliant? And will I be allowed to continue charging credit cards? We think that's the most important topic in this whole conversation. Um, security, of course, is important and it's in the mix. But the most likely thing you're going to have to address is uh, a payment processor coming to you and saying, hey, you're on end of life. Now what? Yeah. And I know one of the things that's heated up the topic in recent days uh, was an advisory that came out from Visa that basically, uh, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, um, it's available online, we can share the link in the notes, but uh, it said Magento One users should be moving to something else and there is inherent risk. And they basically shared this with the payment processors, with the, the folks that come next in the food chain uh, through credit card processing. Um, and in some ways, that, that's Visa's way of saying, uh, in terms of risk, not it, um, you know, that we've, we've warned you. Uh, and so when something does go wrong, now payment processors, you're going to take on more burden here. Um, that's my understanding of, of the overall uh, way of things. And so that's heated up the conversation. Uh, you know, I, I, I know, uh, you know, that uh, I've been in touch with a variety of payment processors in the last week or so since that advisory came out. And it's interesting that, you know, some of them are changing some of their direction as a result of that advisory. Um, some of them are steadfast. I think it really comes down to their customer base and, you know, their interpretations um, and, and their feelings on risk for their own organization. Um, also, who they partner with and, you know, how secure the customers that they work with are, are able to be uh, what kind of guidance they're they're going to get involved in? Basically, how hands on or hands off they're going to be with this, um, and so I think the chips will continue to to move around. It's not just about where they fall, but uh, it's a bit of a moving target as businesses m make decisions. But you know, in the midst of all that, there are actual businesses on on Magento One. So you know, Joe, the merchants that you're actually talking to, your customers and uh, other folks that are in touch with with you and your agency. What are they saying to you in terms of why they're still on Magento One? Is it that they are running behind and they're in some kind of a migration to another platform like M2? Is it that the cost of moving anywhere was too great for them? Um, is it that they just thought that there wasn't really risk here? What's going on out there in, in the field that's got us seeing, give or take, from some measures, 100,000 Magento One sites still in the wild? Yeah, we've actually seen a combination of all those things you mentioned. We've seen merchants that said, okay, this is important, started to get the replatforming um, project uh, looked at and said to themselves, wow, um, we're not sure we're ready to make this huge commitment either to Magento 2 or to something like a Shopify or big commerce. And so um, we've seen that scenario. We've seen scenarios where I'll say, hey, notice you're on Magento One. We've been talking to more Magento One merchants about this and newer um, newer to us as we're kind of reaching out. And um, I've had some conversations lately where someone said, 
oh, well, we're, we're just, we're happy. Um, we've got all our patches applied. And you say like, well, do you realize that there are some implications of staying on an end of life software? The main one being maybe your payment processor is going to be unhappy about that. And, and um, you, you may, you may have challenges. Um, and a lot of them are just not aware of it. Um, so what, you know, the thing that I think is important that, you know, to my knowledge, we're the first ones that went out and found a certified assessor, you know, a QSA is certified by the PCI council and said, Hey, what do you think about these things? Because one of the things that's happening out there, there's a lot of people talking about magic bullets, um, as we're, as we're describing them, just change this, just apply that, just implement this and you're good to go. Including, I mean, to be fair, hosting companies that are saying, if you just sign up with us, um, you know, I respect the way JetRails has kind of said, uh, there's a there's a suite of things. Um, and most of the hosting companies, I think, get it. And, and we, you know, we, we work with um, a handful that, you know, we're proud of the way they're dealing with this. Um, but it's still, even in and of itself, none of those things, when we talked to this certified assessor, were um, by themselves going to satisfy um, his perspective as a certified assessor that he would be comfortable passing compliance after June um, for just a single one of those magic bullets. Yeah. You know, I'm proud to be at, at a company that's trying to help merchants and trying to put out good information. Um, I, I think hosts in general have been put in a position where, you know, we have a- aggregate, you know, numbers of, of customers on Magenta one, um, that, uh, you know, we don't want to see in, a, in any sort of a lurch. And so it puts us in a unique position um, to be able to play a role. We also play a, a heavy role in overall security, at least, you know, those of us that, that take that approach um, and, uh, and are able to, to support on a higher level. I would agree that there is a lot of misinformation out there. There has been. I think in some cases, you know, we all want to believe what we believe, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to be true, or uh, we like to simplify things. It's interesting, you know, Mage One, if you were to go through their website, you're not going to see a lot of talk about PCI compliance because you say it's, it's not a magic bullet by itself that's going to get someone through uh, th- their compliance assessment successfully. Uh, and I'd say the same for a lot of other systems, um, whether it's, you know, hosting uh, your, your payment uh, processing off-site, um, so clicking over to, to another site, um, the equivalent of, you know, a lot of people are familiar with this, with, with uh, traditional, like, standard PayPal uh, checkout, where you'll go from your Magento checkout page to paypal.com to finish the transaction and then back to some thank you page at Magento, that those sorts of things don't necessarily take away all of the onus um, from... The merchant, uh, you still need a site that's going to be secure so that no one hijacks the checkout process before anyone even gets to that and uh, and, and does something nefarious. So th- there are all sorts of implications. Um, you know, are there things that in particular that you've seen uh, that in essence that you think maybe there are some merchants out there that already have some bum information uh, that, that may already think that they're going to be okay when they may wind up, uh, even if they don't have a security issue, perhaps they may have a PCI compliance issue. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the list of these magic bullets, the first one that I hear um, the most, that I've heard the most even over the last few years is, well, hey, I'm on 
I'm using Braintree's hosted fields, or um, I'm you know processing payments through PayPal. So I'm out of scope. Um, I've heard that a lot. Like I'm out of scope, and um, that was an interesting one in particular in the in the conversations with uh, John Shin, who's the the head of um, RSI Security, and his team has eight of the. Uh, there's only 200 certified assessors um, in the world, actually certified by the PCI Council, and his. His firm has eight of them, so he, they, they have a decent um, voice in the community and, and host a lot of events related to compliance. Um, but his his point was, yeah, you you're certainly you're helping your case, but you're certainly not out of scope just because you have like an iframe hosted field or you're doing a redirect. And all you have to do is say why. Well, it's not too tough um, to if you have access to your website and want to start skimming credit cards. It's not too tough to um, to spoof that same kind of process and make sure that you you get um, the card card data. So, you know, it's the, the basically the threshold is reduced a little bit, but it certainly doesn't take you out of scope under the PCI DSS under the letter of that you know document or in the eyes of like an assessor. It's like yeah, that helps, but you're certainly not out of scope. So that was the first one is the you know like the, the BrainTree or like Authorize.net you know um, has the uh, um, authorized.js, I believe it is. Not that's not authorized, um, but it's one another one of those that uh, has acquire. I think, yeah. What's that? I, I think acquire.js maybe. Yeah, um, acquire.js, right? Uh, and even Bolt actually is kind of enters into that equation. I'm just realizing um, where, yeah, it helps, but it's it still doesn't take you out of scope because all you have to do is say, could a hacker with access to my website? still figure out a way to get in the middle. And it's like, absolutely. Um, the other big one is would a hosting plan on its own, um, just moving to a plan that says, hey, we're you know safe for you, Magento One support. And that was another one where the assessor said, well, you know, that's helpful again, but you know, under the PCI um, DSS section 6.2 that says, you, you know, you will, and, and this whole section six deals with keeping your software up to date, but 6.2 particularly says that you will apply vendor supplied patches. Um, and with the vendor no longer supplying patches um, into the hosting situation by itself, I know some of you know, the hosts are going out and trying to work to make sure that they will help provide um, patches, but I still think that you know, in a magenta world, you need to have your patches applied. So it's it's kind of like the equivalent of having um, you know a video camera surveillance on your jewelry store. If no one's watching that or taking action when they see robbers get in, then all you're doing it's not very helpful to have patches for your store unless someone applies them. So that's another magic bullet that's not really by itself. Um, being on the hosting planet, it's a very huge help. It's the probably the biggest thing single thing that you can do to prepare um but by itself it's not enough yeah um, and the last one is this um this kind of mage one um and open mage and um you know that that's that's one that i think warrants um quite a bit of discussion it's getting a lot and even there's some stuff going on twitter this morning as we speak so. hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting that look, you start with Magento One, which is a very mature platform. The security patches that have come out in recent time, there's not all that much to patch because it's been in the wild a long time and, and it's been, you know, patched significantly and there aren't particularly new feature releases. So there aren't changes to the code base that have added in or, or introduced vulnerability. 
Um, so you're starting with a pretty, pretty popular and and you know well developed uh, platform that that is secure inherently, but that's a moving target. You go and you get patches from you know I mean uh, Open Mage is a fork off of Magento One that already exists. Mage One is uh, is prepped uh, in order to take over patches come June of 2020 for users. And so they'll be basically your your paid vendor. They won't be the vendor of your Magento software, but they will be a vendor. And I know that's a distinction that even for myself, when I read the PCI requirements, uh, you know, I, I want to believe that um, that an assessor is going to see, oh, that you've got a vendor for patches that you know that they're running a bug bounty program and they're doing other good things, and that will uh, that will automatically count. But you know, it, it sounds like not necessarily. Um, it, this is going to come down to individual assessors and, uh, you know, whether, it, you know, it's Mage One or someone else, they're not particularly the vendor of your Magento platform. Um, so, and I think, you know, Joe, you were alluding to some of that, uh, that's a bit of a sticky wicket. Yeah. And it certainly helps. I mean, the good news is that at the end of the day, this, you know, John Shin, RSI security, you know, when, when we went through, and we said, is there a way to be compliant? Um, and the answer was um, yes. I mean, there's a way to pass compliance. Now, um, and so, you know, our message to, to merchants out there on Magento One is that, you know, it, this is good news, right? Like, but please don't just think that a single magic bullet is going to get you there. Um, and so, what we, what we actually worked out with, um, you know, from his perspective as a certified assessor, um, we kind of ended up going through and organizing um, how the things that he would want to see in place. But the biggest takeaway, if you get, you only have two words to take away from this conversation about what's going to happen to me if I'm still on Magenta One past June 2020, the two words are compensating controls. So the main thing is just no Magenta One merchant out there should be saying, if I, if I just check this box, I'm good. They, they need to realize that it's going to be a conversation. They're not going to most likely be seen as compliant. Even if they're on open mage and they say, I changed a line of code and now my code base is a, is a different vendor. And you know maybe an assessor says, okay, who's providing patches? Or maybe they say, well, mage one is providing patches because mage one has signed up to do that, which I think is an amazing offering um, and, and all of these things, you've got to think of as ammunition, but it's all in the context of you are not going to meet 6.2 as a requirement. I, I really believe that we need to get that message out. I, even on the Twitter conversations this morning, there seems to be misunderstanding about that. Um, and it's, it's easy to misunderstand, right? It's a, just a, a, a bunch of language in a document. But when you, that's why we went to the source and, and said, you're certified. You've passed compliance for hundreds of merchants out there and you're one of the very few that are trusted by the council to give a passing grade to someone and the answer was yeah we have to pass people all the time that can't meet certain requirements compensating controls is the mechanism that pci dss gives us to say okay you couldn't meet this one requirement what are you going to do to make up for that and so um in conversations you know we did come up with and as part of our um thought leadership but there are four things that you can do and the most important thing is just to get ahead of it, get prepared, and you can get these things in place and you can get yourself some breathing room. Yeah, I mean, you're basically, you're mitigating risk. It's a risk analysis. 
So that, that's what PCI compliance is all about. It's not that in an automated PCI compliance scan, there aren't going to be some false flags or, or other things going on. It's not that it's at the same time uh, going to necessarily check and catch every single potential vulnerability. It's not necessarily the, the most in-depth security audit. It's an assessment of, uh, of your best practice in a more generalized sense that can be applied to a range of different uh, businesses and software and situations. So, you know, that's where, you know, from our team, we've got, you know, content on our site and, and material out there. Uh, we're not trying to necessarily treat this like a huge marketing campaign. Um, but at the same time, we want people to know that if they want assistance, let's have a conversation and let's see what the overall business plan is here. Um, because we understand that we can cover a ton of this from the hosting perspective by dealing with the uh, um, you know, proactive and reactive security. So the the WAF, the intrusion detection systems, and our overall monitoring from our NOC, and you know, we can help make sites ninety percent more secure than than their brethren out there in the wild. But at the same time, you should still be patching. You should be patching within thirty days of a patch being released, as the PCI requirements suggest. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you should be following other best practice for least privileged access and, uh, you know, basic uh, security around your, your logins and um, a whole range of other things. And so it, just trying to have someone sign up for a hosting plan and assuming that that by itself is going to get you through PCI compliance or truly keep your site fully secure, I, I think, you know, it, it is a form of misinformation itself. We're doing our best to to tell our story that we're here to help merchants that, you know, for our clients that, that we're going to continue to support them, that if someone else needs help, that we're here um, without making it just about sign up for this. <laughs> and, and as you say, it's, it's not a magic bullet. Um, and in some cases, you know, we're, as I say, I, we're in touch with a variety of payment processors and we're trying to make sure that even if one of our clients or, or someone else comes to us and says, look, I, you know, I've been in touch with my, my payment processor and, that's not going to be a good home for me long term. Where else can I go that we've got some solutions for them? We just don't want to see there's enough craziness in the world right now. <laughs> the world is pretty much yeah. upside down. Last thing that we want to see is, is these businesses that are, are already, um, in many cases, on some form of shaky ground, uh, having downtime of, of one sort or another, not able to run credit cards um, or, or dealing with some kind of a security incident that they can't necessarily spring right back from. Yeah. Yeah. As you're saying that, I I do think it would be helpful to go back um, to the question of what could happen and what's a likely scenario to happen. And then what's a worst case scenario, because I think oftentimes there's a tension on the worst case scenario, um, not as much on, on what's the most likely. So um, you mentioned, you know, I think all of these security measures talk about, um, you know, what happens if you're breached? If you're breached come July 2020 and your payment processor you know, becomes aware, um, it's very likely uh, just because of the scenario, you, you could try to convince them that there's other ways that, that you're, um, you're on different packages or whatnot. But it's very likely that that payment processor is going to say, until you are off of this end of life software, you can't charge cards anymore. And we actually, it was, it was a whole two years ago, we were, we were reached, you know, uh, a merchant reached out to us that had been breached, were looking for help. And um, their payment processor at that time had told them 
um, look at this, this year software is coming up as end of life. You guys weren't able to keep it safe as you were. We're not even going to talk to you about getting things back going unless you get moved over uh, to Magento 2 in their case, wow. which was kind of like, wow, really? This was... Um, and so they were like, yeah, we can't, we can't open our store back up until we get it done. So now you've got the, you know, shotgun to your head of like, get off of this platform. Yeah. I mean, maybe you start scrambling to find a high risk processor that'll hold reserves, that'll hold your cash, uh, you know, that will charge higher fees and, but yeah, how long can you operate like that? And, and that's, again, if you find someone reputable that you can work with and that they can, can work with your business. That's definitely, uh, that's a tough scenario. Um, so it's yeah. an ugly scenario, but it's not the most likely, right? If you've been on Magento 1 for a good amount of time, you're doing the right things, you've been patching, um, you're already taking your own security measures, like, you know, like you said, that a lot of the hosts like JetRail have some good security pieces in place to keep you safe. So it's unlikely that just once, it, you know, the, the, the calendar flips over to July 1st, all of a sudden, um, you know, the, the skies are going to open up and drop, you know, all kinds of vulnerabilities um, and you're going to be breached um, on July 1st. But the, the more likely scenario is that the approved scanning vendors that your payment processor used to say, you know, and all of us have probably, you know, if, you, if you've been doing business online for a while, we've all seen these things that says, hello, this is your payment processor. You, our scan has turned up these issues. Please address them and reply, right? It's all like automated. Mm -hmm. But what's more likely to happen is that the scanning vendor is going to say, okay, these issues have turned up. Please address them and reply. And one of them is going to be, hey, you're on end of life software, right? And you may reply to that and say, and th this is where the magic bullet comes in. You may reply saying, well, we're on a host that's um, said we're fine, or we're using hosted fields from Braintree or we've, we're paying Mage1 to supply patches, or we've forked our solution to open Mage, and now we're not on officially on Magento anymore, we're on a completely different vendor. Um, and all of those things are things you can say, but what's quite likely is that <laughs> those are not gonna be all that well understood, and the payment processor is gonna say, I don't really think that's the case. Last we, we knew you were on Magento, um, and Okay, well, what we maybe you're going to have to do is involve um, a security assessor to help with this because we're not security folks. And so we think the conversation, the most likely scenario is you're going to have to have the conversation. And that's the, the number one thing that I don't think, if I've talked to out of 10 Magento 1 merchants that have said they're not going to be able to get off Magento 1 in time, yeah, all 10 of them, I think universally, none of them think have really thought through that the fact that they're going to probably have to have this conversation. Yeah, and so I that's why we, think we wanted to go out and get like some concrete things, what you can do. We've actually produced a checklist. Um, and, and through these conversations with John Shin, the QSI, we've got four things that you really, you can pay attention to. But the idea is if you get ready for that conversation ahead of time and you arm yourself with some things, you're going to be in a really good position um, probably already you're going to know more than your payment processor and the, the likelihood that they'll say, um, okay, sounds like you've done your homework. Sounds like you're keeping things safe. The likelihood it's going to go way up if you prepare just a little bit in advance and get, you know, the right things lined up. Yeah. Do you happen to know if someone gets pushed up from the questionnaire to a, a formal, you know, human assessment, 
what kind of fees or uh, you know any kind of pain that might come with that that merchants should be prepared for that you know uh, usually there's some kind of a fee whether it's charged through to my memory the the merchant processor the credit card processor or uh, or directly yeah that's a very good point that um, in conversations with John Shin at RSI security he was saying if you're if you are if the payment processor requires you to get a QSA involved, you're looking at typically between 30 and 50 grand um, to have them because they basically have to do a full audit, right? And a full assessment. So they have to spend the time to say, okay, what's in your scope? What, what have you got running? Who's touching the stuff? They have to go through because they're basically being asked to, um, you know, assess whether you're safe mm-hmm. by the payment process. So it's, it's a lot of work and it's high, um, you know, value work. So it's expensive. Yeah. And so I guess the alternative that I've come across is perhaps being charged some kind of penalty or fee by the, the merchant processor, if they're willing to still work with you with that in play, or again, finding someone that's willing to take on more risk. And again, you know, perhaps even, uh, you know, at, at bigger fees or things, there are, are, Intrinsically, there are industries where credit card processing is just more expensive, uh, you know, when you want to sell nutraceuticals or, you know, without a lot of business history uh, behind you to suggest that you're a safe player, Um, things in adult categories, you know, all sorts of things out there, even in some cases travel because you book a bunch of people for a tour and that tour doesn't happen. And what happens when everybody charges back at the same time, you know, three months later or six months later? Uh, you know, that there are industries that are just considered risky to the credit card industry. So, um, you know, things exist, but now you're, you're at the mercy of the industry and, and you've got to hope that you can make sense of all of it. So I guess no matter what, there's probably some pound of flesh somewhere to be paid if, if this really comes to fruition. And, and I'm sure you do not want to fail and have to try to go through the ringer again. That's just going to add to the complexity and the cost of all of this. Um, uh, yeah, and the point is, you know, why this is? If this is your business, you should be preparing. And if the worst, I think the worst scenario is that the payment processor realizes that you've just you're kind of bordering on negligent. You you thought by the advice of someone this and that that you were you could kind of have a magic bullet get you out of it. Um, and they're kind of saying like, that's not really enough for us. That maybe there's a chance that they say, well, we're just going to slap you with an extra 50 bucks a month. And, um, you know, on you go. Cause that's, they'll do that for things like, Oh, you're, you know, you're supporting a deprecated version of SSL or something like that. But what we're seeing, and you pointed it out is we're seeing, um, language come out from, the likes of Visa or the likes of very big processors like PayPal Braintree that are saying, um, we want to, we know there's a lot of gray area. We want to make sure that it's clear that we don't think that we're going to be very happy about supporting you if you're staying on Magento One. And it's a little, in a way, it seems a little late. Um, I mean, of course, Magento has come out, you know, quite a while ago and that for a while they were trying to soft pedal and stuff. And they finally said, okay, end of June, 2020, but the, the payment processors and the card brands are now, I think we're going to continue to see them come out and say, make no mistake about it. Um, we're not going to be very happy about this because they yeah. just don't really know what that risk entails. So our, our position is just get ahead of it, do a little homework, 
check out you know posts like ours and like the, the good content that JetRails is putting out there. But in our case, you know, there's a checklist that we mm -hmm. think, at least if you're aware of it, um, then when the conversation comes up, you can say, we're aware, we've prepared for it, here's what we've done in advance. And um, it doesn't have to be massive, massive efforts. There's certainly nothing, you know, compared to like a replatform. But yeah. we've got these four things in place. We actually understand this has come from, you know, advice from a certified assessor. Um, and then you're going to be in a much better position. And um, so we should, we could probably go through those, those four things. Um, if yeah, you're up for that, Robert. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I, I do want to add that when we, you know, I've, I've mentioned a few things that come into play with just general Magento security. I believe that most of the things that merchants are supposed to be doing, they should already be doing. They should be doing if they're on Magento 2. They should be doing it if they're on WooCommerce or Xcart or PrestaShop or Cilius or yeah. Shopware or, you know, I, I could keep listing software and, until the cows come home, you know, Drupal Commerce. And it's not so much about the fact that Magento 1 is going end of life and therefore you need a WAF or you need, you know, you should have that anyway. But if you're going to stand any chance of, uh, of staying compliant, um, I, I think that that's where this really comes in. You know, you should have already had it. You should have it today. Um, but if you're going to try to go up against, uh, you know, an assessment without these things, I think it's going to get uh, really complicated really quickly. Um, you know, I, the same way that I think people should be updating their extensions. And it, it's just... Uh, you know, basic uh, math that you don't want outdated software, especially if, if there are security patches involved. Um, you know, it, it's best practice. It costs money. It takes time. Um, but that's the nature of running an e-commerce business. You know, <laughs> if you're running a brick and mortar business, you have other things that you need to change frequently and, and deal with and, and other concerns and other bills that come up. Um, this is certainly the case with, with e-com. Um, Joe, what would be your highlights um, of things that the people could do in this situation? I know that we've uh, touched on a, a bunch of different things. If and I know that we'll definitely link to that checklist that your team has put together uh, after talking with an actual assessor. But uh, you know, just for those that are, are along with us, listening or watching, what would be uh, th those few bullets that you'd make sure that uh, that they have in mind as they get themselves ready? Yeah, so the four items are um, in the context of the compensating controls. You're making up for the fact that you couldn't, you're on end-of-life software. And the four things are additional security, additional scanning, additional monitoring, and additional planning. Those are the four things that we came up with um, through the guidance of the certified assessor um, at RSI Security. So when you start to look at those things, you dive in a little deeper, you start to realize that um, even though I've, we've already talked about no magic bullets, um, a ton of these things can um, come into play with the help of, you know, your hosting partner. And even with the help of, you know, great, you know, really appreciate Mage One stepping up to offer, um, you know, patching. Um, but you can see with these four items, we'll go through it, how, how this means that you need to have all of these things in place. So added security, of course, web application firewall, file integrity monitors, you know, like making sure that, you know, they're, you're protecting from people getting into your website. But we feel it's really important that what, 
but you also say that no one will breach me without me knowing about it. And that involves knowing if a file changes and it wasn't your team changing it, or if there's database um, activity monitor. Um, and, and, you know, cause you can, if you have access to the Magento admin, you can add, you know, in your miscellaneous HTML or you can add in content, you can get their, those, you know, malicious scripts in there to skim cards that way as well. So we think it's important for you to say, we're protecting people from getting in, you know, lock down your Magento admin, all the things that you, most likely your host is already recommending that you do, but it's also important that you be able to detect if someone did make it in through some unknown vulnerability or a new vulnerability that's discovered or the hackers find out out there and then, you know, they're, they're able to get in because let's face it, they want to skim cards. So to do that, they have to either change a file or they have to change some content in your database. If you're watching all that, then you'll know about it. So added security is where the host can help tremendously. Also the added scanning, you know, your payment processor is going to be already having their, um, approved scanning vendor under the PCI, you know, their requirements, because they're required to scan their, you know, merchants. But if you're doing your own scanning, and this is where hosting companies can help tremendously, um, and you're saying, we're scanning, for example, every month, instead of every quarter, we're scanning on our own. So we'll find out about it before you will, if there's a new vulnerability that's found to exist, or there's a new, you know, situation with something um, that we're running. So adding that scanning is a big help. Um, but again, these are these are things that they have to have all four in place. The third one being added monitoring. So I mentioned if you're watching for files changing, if you're watching for database content changing, um, you know that monitoring is is very important. Um, and it's 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 hopefully you know triggering alerts. It's it's ending up in in log files that are hopefully getting rotated off websites and things like that. Um, so of course the monitoring is very important too. You're at you're checking who's coming to your site and you're checking the changes. But those three things, um, you think about they're missing something critical. And the metaphor of the you know the surveillance system without a security guard to take hmm. action is where the planning. The fourth one's planning um, and having that added planning. But in particular, you know if you have something that says a file has changed. Oh, and it's malicious JavaScript. So guess what? Someone's into your site and they're scanning cards. If that email goes out to um, to someone who's left your company um, or to you know your accountant, um, that's not really going to do anyone any good, right? So the plan is who's going to take action? Have we dis have we designated someone who will be actively reviewing these things when they come out? Because these things get noisy: file integrity monitor, database activity uh, monitor, and they get noisy because there are changes and they can be tuned. Ours is tuned specifically to make sure that you're only looking at, you know, um, you're not looking at places that change all the time in Magento that don't end up having, you know, uh, can host JavaScript files and things. But you, um, yeah, you have to, you have to have someone watching that. And that's the planning. Well, and um, that's where a lot of the biggest breaches that we've all heard about in, in the news have gone awry because, their systems were catching what was going on, but no one was actually looking at the logs or reading the emails, or if they did, they didn't take action. And so, you know, something that could have been mitigated, um, that, you know, that was not good, but that they could have cut it off at the pass. It's kind of like, you know, the alarm goes off, the, the robbers are right there. Well, if the alarm system is is calling the police and the police show up and see the broken window and, you know, they, they you know, you don't have thieves that can spend all night just emptying out your store, uh, you know, that, that you might not be 
in quite the same situation if two minutes later they're chased out of there. Uh, you know, it's not... The metaphors typically work out pretty well with, uh, with, with real world events. Um, you know, for us at JetRails, we have a lot of, you know, proprietary technology and a lot of things in our stack. But we took an interesting approach to a lot of this and said, look, you know, this is, um, this is a moving target. Uh, and that's why we've partnered up with Mage One. It's why we partnered up with Cloudflare and Sakuri and Sanguine Security. Um, and basically built, um, you know, part of our security stack focused on leveraging best in class products from others and being very transparent about what we've got. And, and even in some cases, g- giving merchants choice. So if they want to use a WAF through section.io, um, uh, you know, as the, uh, the overall provider that is going to handle the edge network and, um, you know, CDN and different things that, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, we're, we're going to tailor around the user, around their needs, around their security apparatus or lack thereof. And we've got a knock, uh, you know, network operations center that's monitoring these things. So as opposed to expecting the merchant to 24 seven, be watching these alerts, as you say, that some of it's just noise. Um, and to be able to identify what's serious and what's not, we're playing a very deep role in that with our clients, uh, you know, to, to be able to flag as an urgent ticket and reach out manually uh, when something really needs it outside of the normal communications that they may be receiving. So if we've noticed something that we think deserves attention, that we're going to be, uh, you know, we're going to be out in front of it for them. Um, understanding that on average, our customers don't have that capability. They don't have a 24-7 uh, security operations team to monitor these things in the in quite the same way that we can. And I, I think that's also a, a piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, I, And it's different than a lot of other hosting solutions out there that may continue to support folks that are on Magento 1 and basically just give them, you know, a hosting account, a server space, and wish them the best of luck. It's a much more proactive security solution than that. And I I think that that's part of why um, we're seeing a lot of folks talk about what we and a few of the other hosts are are, are doing. Um, I think we're all taking different approaches, you know, the way that we're uh, partnering with, with other companies or doing things internally, the way that we're, we're billing for or not billing and just including in the stack uh, as, as JetRails uh, d- does whenever possible. Um, each one is going to be different. But, uh, you know, I, I think that anyone that's staying on Magento 1, they need to be in direct contact with their expert Magento developers, teams like Best Worlds. They need to be directly in contact uh, with their web host and they need a plan. Um, so I, I think you really did hit, hit the nail on the head just having these tools by themselves is not going to protect you. Um, and uh, even outside of a, a PCI assessment, um, you don't want to be the website uh, that dealt with some really bad breach or compromise of the site that has to notify customers or lose the ability to run credit cards or anything else, that this is normal risk assessment for a business. Um, unfortunately, I think it doesn't often get quite enough attention and there's a lack of understanding in many cases uh, that this is best practice and this is how it should operate. I mean, you know, Joe, I'm guessing that a majority of the merchants that you talk to that are still on Magento 1, um, that 
there would be a lot of things we've touched on today that would be news to them. Um, yeah. You know, for, before you had spoken with them about any of this or. Because uh, it's such. complex, right? And it's PCI compliance always has been. But yeah, what, the, the thing that you, I, I, have, I have a question for you. Like, I think that, is it accurate to say that even if jet rails with advanced detection and things that are trying to keep them safe, um, you know, still jet rails is not going to be the one who's going to actually take action at the application level, right? Depending like on the patch or try to lock something down when they find that it's been hacked. It's basically like you're going to notify you're the equivalent of the surveillance system, right? But you, will you be able to take direct action? It really depends. So that's a, it's a really good question. Um, and I don't want to overstep for our operations team, but in a general sense, so when we see a DDoS attack coming in or some kind of other denial of service, we don't have to wait for somebody. We can start to proactively, uh, you know, block what's obvious bad traffic or if we see bots or other things that are, that are obvious problems. If we see something that we believe to be uh, for sure problematic, there are steps that we can work on for mitigation. On um, You know, there are things perhaps that we can tune with firewalls or other things um, or, or things that, uh, you know, we can uh, start to make copies of and review. And, um, you know, like you say, some of it is, is assessment um, and, and is notification. We don't always know what's changed in a site that there may be something going on that we don't know about. And so we have to be very careful about how we walk that line. Uh, last thing that we want to do is make an assumption about what we're seeing uh, when there might be something reasonable or valid happening. We also, um, I, I would say outside of just, you know, the, the knowns and unknowns in situations like the ones that we're describing, you're talking about a, uh, you know, a, a security apparatus where there is a development team that's responsible for the Magento code base, for the Magento application itself, installing security patches, uh, updating extensions, um, working with the client to make sure that they're, you know, using secure logins that they're reviewing, you know, who still has access to the admin from, you know, whenever that, you know, shouldn't have access anymore and that, uh, you know, other things are being done properly. And so, like, if we saw that someone was breaking in through a Magento admin and for some reason somebody had, you know, we see something, a brute force attack, something that's unusual. Again, we do a lot so that those things aren't happening in the first place, but uh, very specifically, we lock things down in particular ways. But if there's something that we see as, as a direct vulnerability, we can take certain action. But more often than not, that's not what's happening. And I, I think that that's a really good point uh, to make that often, um, you know, this is about a bit of a trifecta between a client, um, a merchant, a development team, and a web host. And one by itself, you know, if, if you're missing one of those three, it falls apart um, because, the, you know, the, the merchant often has to make certain decisions, even if they say, okay, whatever it is that you think is the best thing to do, then do it. They need to authorize, um, you know, they, they need to respond to a ticket or do something. In the case of a team like JetRails, at least, you know, in a severe situation, we're going to be calling, reaching out by phone. We're, we're not just going to let something fester. Uh, it's a little bit different than a, a purely automated system. You're dealing with human beings, and we find that the human touch is really what differentiates uh, teams like ours. But 
you know, you're absolutely right that it's not um, it's not an all or nothing. And it's not that the one vendor by themselves is going to be able to make all assumptions and and protect uh, in real time against everything. And that's part of why whenever we talk about these layers of security, we are always talking about proactive and reactive that um, you want to block off as much as you can. Cut it off at the pass, lock things down, um, secure things, uh, firewall things. But you need to know if something has happened uh, so that you can react to it before it it turns into, uh, you know, something more tragic for the business. So um, and at that point, when it comes to that mitigation, uh, there's going to be multiple you know, folks involved. It's not just going to be about us as a web host. Yeah, like the context of this, especially, um, you know, from a from the PCI standpoint is that you're, um, you know, that you, and this, this was actually, you know, an important part that came out of the conversation, why a lot of these magic bullets alone are not enough. You know, the, the assessors are used to seeing breaches, right? And, and now you, I remember John Shin was even saying that, um, you know, Verizon came out with a, a study, a, a large study of breaches and 60, I think it was 67% of the breaches were a result of unpatched software. So patching, you know, patch is both a noun and a verb, right? Mm -hmm. But most of the time, um, the hosts are not in a position to go that far. And they're, you know, no, because if we install a patch and it it breaks things in the site, uh, you know, we, no one is, is all the extensions you're running and all the, you know, the go test it on state and host can't go invest 20 hours or, you know, whatever, you know, hopefully it's not that much. So the, the assessors know, they want. They just want to know. That it's mm-hmm. going to be a question that's going to come up. Who's yeah. responsible for this? And like you said, if it's your development team, or you have an IT person, you have an agency, outside agency, um, great. Yeah. But if you don't have that fourth piece of the planning, that's part of the planning. Is like, um, hey, we can send patches to your email address all day long. Someone actually has to, you know, apply them, test them before they launch them, and you know, in a staging environment, and then get those things live. And similarly. What's going to happen when you find out your file integrity monitor shows you're breached? A host may not be able to start taking action because it maybe it involves rolling back code, comparing to your code base. So there's always these natural dividing lines between where a host says, I'm sorry, at this point, we didn't build your store. We're hosting it. We've done our best to keep it safe. And now you have to actually take action. Somebody built your store. Either you did it internally, an agency did. You need those guys to go back and clean this up. And, you know, the, the security guys out there and the certified guys, they know if you don't have someone, um, if you don't have a plan in place, then you're, you, that's another little piece of the negligence. It's almost like a microcosm of the whole PCI DSS um, to begin with, which is they want all these factors. Yeah, they want I, you to try to stay safe, but also to have a plan in case something goes wrong. It's, it is interesting that, you know, I, look, part of it, I suppose... Uh, not so much, you know, breaches or things, but, you know, just the need for, as a web host to work with agencies and dev teams, it keeps me, you know, in a job, right. Uh, you know, being in partnerships and and helping to foster those relationships and make sure the communications are flowing and, uh, best practices are to to the best of everyone's ability being, uh, adhered to that we're staying ahead of the curve, um, that we're listening to what partners like your team are telling us and, um, you know, that we're all working toward the same end goals, toward success for our, our mutual clients. 
um, I think it's important, um, you know, will often be the ones that are reminding merchants right alongside their, uh, their developers that it's time to patch something or that something seems to, to need um, some TLC. The, the other side of it is that there are, you know, patching Magento itself and even patching extensions isn't always enough. So outside of the fact that there are going to be security vulnerabilities that patches may not address that, you know, firewalling and other things may help to, to address. I don't know, 2019 report from Sakuri, over 50% of websites hosted, uh, you know, in an, uh, in an environment, uh, you know, like we provide for Magento, um, were running an outdated version of PHP uh, that, that was, uh, you know, in some way there, uh, you know, in an end of life situation. So you're dealing with also, you know, so many folks that aren't upkeeping that, that hosting layer and, you know, that are, are leaving themselves vulnerable in, in terms of PCI scanning uh, and assessment that, again, you're not really going to be better off if, um, you know, just because you're keeping your application secure, if you're not keeping your server secure, uh, you know, you're right back to square one. So, you know, we have to maintain certain things on our side of the fence on, in the hosting world. The devs have to maintain certain things in the, you know, in the e-commerce application side. Um, and we have to meet in the middle because we can't just, let's say, update PHP if Magento isn't compatible with the latest version if changes need to be made and updates need to be made on the Magento side or whichever other CMS. So uh, I think that that's what's often a little bit befuddling uh, to end users, to merchants that, you know, who do I go to for what, who's responsible for what? Um, and I, I think it's why why companies li- like ours have been growing in recent years the way that we have, because we, we're, I think we've figured out that we can solve that need, um, that that's really, really crucial to this process that otherwise folks are just jumping around a different host every year because every year they have another support headache or another problem and they haven't really figured it out or they're trying one security tool by itself and not not getting the full suite, um, not really in the position that they wanted to see themselves in. And so, you know, you need security experts involved. I, I think that, uh, you know, if you're just treating your e-commerce site like something that needs to be pretty on the front end, you know, it's like anything else in life. There's You're taking on risk. Um, you know, all of these different uh, providers that may get in the way of you running credit cards or may assess you fees, they're all basically looking at this almost like an insurance plan. And are, are you insurable? Um, do we want to give your business life insurance or is the risk that, that it's going to croak, <laughs> that it's going to have some kind of security incident uh, very soon, just too high and not worth it? So you need folks that are going to help mitigate that, that are going to stand beside you. And if anything goes wrong, they're going to be there to help assess and address. And, uh, and even, you know, if you do get audited, um, that are going to take part in that and that are going to have the data that you need and, and have what you need to uh, get through it with as little pain as possible. Amen. Yeah. And so as, even though a host is not a magic bullet, it's probably one of the single biggest pieces that you're know, getting in touch with your host. Um, and in particular, if that hosting company like JetRails has done the work to think about what you need to do to be compliant, um, that that's going to be a huge help. And it's not going to be a, you know, 
a heavy lift unless you're on a, you know, unless you're not hearing your host talk about this. And then you probably should be talking to a host that's serious about this because it's, they can knock off a lot of these items, um, which is probably a good segue um, into this, this checklist that we've put together. We really, as a resource for the community, the idea is um, you can kind of, this has all been like in the abstract, but we wanted to, we put together something that we actually think that you could fill in and, um, and you'll be, you know, you may be filling in your host's name um, next to a lot of these line items. That's the great thing. You'll realize, wow, 70% of these items are taken care of by jet rails. Um, or, you know, if you, if your existing host um, has them, or even if you're, you know, hosting your own on, you know, get these things taken care of. Um, and just knowing where those open spots are that you should have on your checklist. But we actually think that this document, if you have it completed, it would be, it would be your response. It would be a response to that, you know, notice that comes and says, Hey, please address these issues. And one of the boxes that's checked, it says you're on end of life software. Say we're in it. We understand we're aware. We know that under the DSS, we need compensating controls, those two magic words. And here's what we've done. Here are the things we've put in place that compensate for the fact that we're on end of life. We're safer probably than 90% of the websites out there. And here's all the things we have put together from guidance by a certified assessor, and we're ready to go. And we think that, you know, replying to that, um, every assessor is going to be different. Every payment processor needs to make the decision on their set, you know, on their own because they're underwriting the risk, like you said. But we think that that is going to be put you in an, a really good position to have breathing room and to look like a, a really responsible steward of the fact that you're taking all these credit cards and you're making sure that you're not, you know, siphoning them off to the, to the dark web. I mean, I guess what's, what's flashing through my mind right now is like, you know, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have my driver's license on me, but here's my birth certificate, my social security card. <laughs> um, here, you know, here's my marriage certificate, a blood test, uh, all, all my, my recent utility bills, um, I've got with me, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, whatever you could think of, I'm going to show up with this. And I'm gonna let you know, like you know, I, I, I've got my Costco card with my picture on it. I've got my credit cards. Like you know, if I, if I'm not me, then I don't know who is. Um, that this is just your way of saying, look, I, I know that there's something on the list that you want me to have with me today, but um, that's not going to be possible. I'm one of tens of thousands of of businesses in the same situation, but you know, we're taking care of this so that none of no one involved is taking on any unnecessary risk. There's no, uh, you know, there shouldn't be this big added burden. Um, sites can undergo security issues at different times, but, you know, we're going to be more secure than, again, you know, to say 90% of the sites that you see, uh, and we know it, and it's not by accident. Um, we're going to make sure that this is an easy one for you. And I, I think if you try to go in that way proactively, that, um, you know, that, that you're in, in certainly better shape than most from what folks like Joe and I are running into in, in the market, it sounds like. Uh, Joe, now that you've been, you know, you've spent this time with a PCI assessor, you've been uh, put, putting together this checklist. Um, have you been getting any particular feedback from merchants about what you've uncovered and what you've been sharing uh, and what other folks li like us at JetRails, other hosts, other companies like Mage One, et cetera, what others have been sharing, um, have you seen that as, as helpful? Have you seen people's minds changed or their directions changed as a result of uh, the communications that are now 
really rolling out at a steadier pace? I have been, I have gotten the feedback, um, both from merchants and from some other partners that have been watching the conversations going on in this, that, um, it is refreshing that someone's talking about what, what real things would actually happen. And someone's actually putting forth a concrete plan. That's not just like magic bullet. Um, the other thing that, you know, we talked about, um, before, not, not in this you know conversation, but that I think is helpful for people to keep in mind is the idea that, um, this is like, you know, you get a traffic ticket and if you think that there's a vehicle code section that you can kind of skirt, you know, or you can get around it by play on words and things, um, someone's going to be judging this, right? And a judge may go, baloney, you know what we meant, you know what we were after. And that's why kind of, to, you know, wrapping some of this up, you know, the, the magic bullet idea um, in the spirit of it is just not most likely going to be all enough. And then once you become aware of those four things of the added security, the added, you know, scanning, added uh, monitoring and added planning, you realize that the magic bullets, each of them don't address all four. And so that assessor is going to come in and say, that's cool, but it doesn't check the box. Like you, you're not, um, I can't say that you're safe enough yet. And maybe your processor says, I don't feel like you're safe enough yet with what you've described because the bottom line is you're on this code you know, code base that's um, it's no longer being maintained by the by the people that created. You know, even if a even if someone takes it over, did they are they rewriting all hundred thousand lines of code or whatever it is? Um, so keep in mind that this is going to be someone judging your business, your risk. It's going to be a human, and they're. You know they're not going to understand maybe these little nuances. Those humans. The best thing is <laughs> these those darn humans. Yeah, just get you know get yourself ready. Get this get this checklist in your hand. Get get your host lined up. It's not going to be a massive amount of effort um, to 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 secure things and be ready. Yeah, and I uh, you know from, from my perspective, uh, I, I think that you're spot on that you know, folks can be as, as prepared as they can be for situations like this. Again, going back to something I said earlier, I think that they should always be following these kinds of best practices that no one really, uh, you know, none of this matters until you have a problem. And that's the wrong time to be getting set up for best practice uh, once the damage is done. So, um, you know, and for what it's worth, you know, there are companies like JetRails where, and we're we're bringing in other technology. It's not necessarily about increasing profits significantly, or um, you know, or, or finding something to to you know to, to sell people. You know, creating some new doodad that we can have some huge margin on or something. It's it's really about need, um, and you know, how do we stack that together? And in some cases, we just add things to our stack, and it cuts down <laughs> our profit margin. Uh, you know, realities set in. Right, that uh, you know that we know that this is going to be important for users, um, and, and so at the end of the day, I think that merchants should be calling around, should be having conversations, perhaps with more than one company, um, and and for sure with their payment processor, with their developers, with their web host, um, should be feeling good about it, should be going through a checklist like yours, and, and making sure that all of this is going to come together. And, uh, you know, Joe, any, any final thoughts, uh, you know, and anything else going on in, in the world <laughs> before we wrap for today? Um, I just realized that we, um, 
to, to take away an, an easy to get to URL, bestworlds.com slash checklist um, will get you um, to our post on it. And at the end of that, you have the access to the checklist. Um, and we think those, those points are also supporting, um, you know, your overall preparation for that upcoming conversation. So um, look forward to your feedback on that. But um, hopefully, you know, people listening to this merchants might find that helpful. Awesome. And Joe, don't be surprised if I quote you on some items in that checklist at some point in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we do try to work as best as we can with, with partners when it comes to knowledge and content and uh, really appreciate you joining today and, and sharing insights uh, for our listeners. Um, quick uh, you know, public service announcement that if you know any merchants that are hurting right now, specifically because of what's going on uh, with the coronavirus crisis that the world is facing. Um, we will share a couple of links in the uh, show description and the notes uh, that have to do with organizations like uh, Offline to On to help merchants get online, as, as well as initiatives that have more to do with supporting merchants that are already up and running um, and that are, are just facing an unusual and, and difficult time. Uh, Outside of that, uh, we welcome any feedback and thoughts. You can uh, reach out to us at JetRails across social media. We're on, on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, welcome you to subscribe and, um, and comment wherever you listen to podcasts or, or wherever you might watch our, our videos uh, through YouTube or through Facebook where, where this is posted in full. And with that, uh, I, I wish you, uh, you know, a lot of success in, in the, the coming weeks as we all navigate uh, the, the world as it is, uh, you know, health, safety and, uh, you know, and happy selling.